welcome to Season 4 of the New Zealand Society of Authors Oral History Podcast. I'm Karen Hay and this season we're delighted to bring you the voices of authors from the South Island of New Zealand, including today's very special interview with Margaret Mahi. Margaret Mahi is New Zealand's most celebrated children's writer. She wrote over 100 books, published in 15 different languages, and continues to be read around the world. In May 2000, Alison Gray interviewed Margaret for the New Zealand Society of Authors Oral History Project. Margaret is very soft-spoken in her interview, but Yana Tanahu Owen has worked hard to improve it so we can bring it to you. You may have to listen more closely than normal, but we think it's worth it to bring her voice to air once again. So here's Margaret talking to Alison about her first involvement with what was then Penn New Zealand. So you became involved as a kind of foundation member of the Christchurch I don't think I'd count no. as a foundation member, but no. I was, you know, I was a member. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, the meetings were tentatively small and often quite poorly attended. Um, what kind of issues did they did they focus on? Well, it's just the thing they didn't they didn't focus on too many issues. But hang on, there was the thing that there was the whole thing about. Um, But public lending, which is subject to a lot of discussion, because we're all in favour of that. Mm -hmm. Uh, The holdings in the library had to be a certain size, and quite a number of our members were poets, and the holdings were small. Um, There was the issue of the length of the actual book, wasn't there, and the number they were held. Originally, I think at the beginning when I was there, and I was never particularly malignant about this, but uh, in the beginning when I was there, uh, there was certainly the length of the book which affected poets and mm-hmm. also affected picture books, yep. of course. Yes. And I can remember somebody, not one of our committee, but somebody who got a report from the general pen, I think it was, saying that, you know, that the picture book was something you could write on a Saturday morning, which <laughs> is, uh, well, it certainly takes me a lot longer than that. Mm. And, uh, you know, Dr. Seuss, though he was illustrating as well as writing, took uh, 18 months apparently to write The Cat in the Hat. I read and I, <laughs> so I produced that as a, a useful. Yeah, I mean, yeah. somewhere along the line, and I would have done it whether I was on the committee or not, I was asked to write something defending um, yeah. the fact that there were, uh, that short texts should be recognised too, um, and that the you know, idea that the book had to be over. Mm. pages or something like that to yeah. attract any... Yeah. I, I did write on behalf of poets as well because of course fairly obviously you're not going to get in this country very long with poetry yeah. and the richness and the work that's gone into the poems um, sometimes more so than with the picture yeah. books is, is, you know, is a tremendous amount. Uh, so that was one of the things that we discussed. There was a Christchurch um, librarian, was it um, librarian? Who was it? University librarian who supported that cause? I don't know. Was it this or that? Was it the? Uh, is that the government Brewster now? Okay. Oh no, it was it was probably uh, O'Reilly. Oh, right. He was quite a he was mm. quite a supportive um, person with public lending rights and things mm-hmm. like that were involved. Mm. Uh, but he um, he wasn't the librarian oh, was the, he? at no. that time, but he had been. He had been, right. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So that was a good issue, yeah, yeah for Christchurch people. Did they get involved in things like um, 
uh, in-camp issues other than that, you know, like rates and royalties. And I mean, we did discuss it, but we were... We did discuss it and gave support to mm. Penn, but we weren't like Auckland or even mm. Wellington, who mm. are much more who are much more militant, mm -hmm. who would join in. Some of the meetings we had were very, very poorly attended, I must say. Mm -hmm. And uh, then sometimes there'd be something that, that would Caught attract the town. Yeah. A visiting author or something like mm -hmm. that that we would support. And, uh, so you sometimes had speakers or, you know, someone came Yes, along. we did sometimes have speakers. Mm -hmm. uh, and that would attract, you know, that would attract a uh, mm -hmm. Christmas party. I used to <laughs> have people here quite often for Christmas parties, mm. um, and I was reasonably useful where that was, where that was concerned. <laughs> um, quite a lot of the issues that were discussed in, in uh, Auckland and Wellington mm. and things mm. over mm. these years mm. were a little academic from my point of view. Um, that doesn't mean that I wasn't interested, but I was in the rare position, I suppose, of being somebody who was making a living as a writer. Mm -hmm. And um, on the one hand, uh, children's books, even today, though things have got better, they don't have quite a particularly high literary uh, profile. Mm -hmm. But uh, they are, it is possible, because of the extra buying. Yeah, like, uh, you know, area that school uh, right. schools provide. You've got the public libraries, you've got the schools, you've got the people who like the books mm -hmm. and buy them, and the schools constitute uh, uh, an extra an mm, extra an, level an from extra the layer. point of view of yeah. children's books. I mean, mm. schools theoretically should buy poetry and, and mm. novels and things like that at secondary school level, but they don't do it to the same extent, mm -hmm. and they don't wear out to the same extent. So it's not the um, and I don't think anyone expected to make a living uh, no, out no, of writing. No. Uh, but I did, nevertheless. Mm. And uh, I was writing for publishers overseas, so quite a lot of what was going on here was not unimportant, but uh, a little bit abstract yeah, from my point yeah, of view. Yeah, but irrelevant, yeah, to what was happening and, here. And uh, people who were in the... It was Sandra Arnold oh, yeah. was uh, on committees and things like that mm. with me. And she was, she was quite a focused person. She was quite a focused worker. Um, and who else was on there? When did Stephen Aldrin come a bit later? Yes, he came a bit later. And he's been, you know, quite involved. He was very active, yeah. Got a card from him. Oh, did you? in Mexico, yes. Yes. And uh, he was very active. Right. And he was, I think, a lot more useful than I was. Um, I went to meetings. Kevin Ireland, I think, oh, was right. in charge of Auckland okay. at that time. Mm. So that'll give you some idea about probably about what years they were. Mm. Because I can remember going to a, a meeting in Wellington where Kevin Ireland was mm. speaking. He was a good person. Mm. And uh, well, it's a lit fund an issue like people's representation on the um, lit fund and things like that. Oh, I think it was, yes, mm. it was talked about. And I don't know that it was talked about again in the way in Christchurch that it was. Mm. Wellington seemed to be very strong on the lit fund from my memory, possibly partly because it was Wellington. Mm. But of course, obviously, there, there are people in Auckland 
too. Yeah. Um, and then it turned into the art, or at least there was the Art Council in Creative New Zealand, weren't there? Yes. Is yes. That, well, how do you feel about that change? Thank you. Or? It does affect me a bit. Mm. Um, because so much of my publishing is done overseas, as I say, mm. I tend nowadays to be under under-informed, mm -hmm. um, and it's my fault, uh, because I don't. I mean, I, I get a, a newsletter, mm -hmm. I pay my sub, <laughs> and usually uh, send you know, a moderate mm -hmm. generous donation, because I think that it's a good thing to have it going, yeah. the, from the point of view of the community of yeah. writers. Mm -hmm. um, I also belong to the Writers Guild, oh, right. television. Well, that was an interesting dilemma when that came yeah. up, wasn't there, about yes. whether they should all be one or... What was it? it was debate over compulsory unionism, mm. I think. Was that in your time or before? I think I remember being yeah, talked about. about yes. yes. And uh, someone stuck up for compulsory union. Hamish Keith was involved, I think. Yeah. Well, he probably would have been, but I don't mm. remember that he stood up for Which side he was on. Which no, he was on. He was on. on. Yes. And they broke away, I think. Yes. yes. And they've got, had the whole separate guild. Well, I seem to be a bit, in some ways, I seem to be a bit more militant. Uh -huh, but yes. I'm not sure now, you see, there. The last newsletter I had from them had a piece by uh, Roger Hall on it, oh. uh, mm. having a go at Television New Zealand, I think, for the way he'd been treated, you know, for his scripts mm. for his. Mm. But anyway, that's getting off the subject mm. a little bit. Mm. Um, I think on a lot of our meetings tended to be fairly so sociable. And they tended to be writers getting together and talking. Sue McCauley mm -hmm. is now in Christchurch, but she wasn't mm -hmm. then. Mm -hmm. And um, we talked about our various books, and we had quite a lot of poetry readings. Oh, right. Um, oh. Over the years. Because yeah. you know. um, there's some discussion about how much it should be that kind of mutual support and how much a kind of union y type of. Activity. I tend to think myself, in retrospect, that it should be about you. Mm -hmm. um, partly, I suppose, because I do think there's something very nice about people getting together mm -hmm. and having readings. We used to do that at Christmas and, and mm -hmm. everything like that. Uh, I also think it's a bit, you couldn't call it an industry, but it's a bit cottagey as well. Yeah. And I think that writing, writers do have to stand up for themselves. Mm -hmm. um, since I mean, if you compare the profile of the writer and the profile of the sports person, okay. there's a, a very yeah. big difference. Yeah. And of course, if you write and stand up for, say, poetry, it's very easy to be charged with being elitist, mm -hmm. uh, which is a very suspect sort of word, I think. Um, yeah. Since, you know, taking an analogy from sport again, uh, a particularly good runner isn't necessarily charged with being mm, mm. <laughs> elitist because he's developed particular skills and judgment and yep. everything like that. Yeah. And the idea that every book is really as good as everybody else's. I don't think people should read what they enjoy. That's a bit of a different thing. But I still think that we're entitled to say that certain that there are certain advantages and yes. certain yeah. characteristics that should be supported. Um, 
So you're not anti the kind of writers' awards like the Montanas and the... I'm not opposed to them, mm. uh, because I think they do some good things. So mm -hmm. I think that they do draw attention to books. So I think they've got some peculiar side effects. Um, if you've ever been a judge, I mean, you have been. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, you know that at the end you're left with books, so it's very, very mm -hmm. difficult to judge between. So mm -hmm. you have to bear in mind that in the end, the book that wins, mm -hmm. good on it and everything mm -hmm. like that, but it doesn't necessarily mean mm -hmm. that it is the best book. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> and there's all, it's just the one that's been lucky this particular time, and the chances are that it mm -hmm. is a very good book. Mm -hmm. I think it's a great pity in the case of things like the New Zealand Post Awards that apparently schools are by the shortlist without yes. looking on either side of them. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. I think they, you know, you should encourage mm -hmm. people to look on either side mm -hmm. of any list because mm -hmm. it's limited by the judgment of the particular mm -hmm. group of people. And also, I understand very peculiar things go on sometimes. Um, I was told. Oh, it's John Rowe Townsend, he, he's the partner of Jill Patton Walsh, and mm. he told me that the Knowledge of Angels was up for the booker. Uh, four out of the five judges, if I remember correctly, were keen to have the Knowledge of Angels to get it. The fifth one didn't like Knowledge of Angels very much, and he ended up by giving it to the book the second on the, yes. on the list. And I, I'm told that that happens. So, I mean, having said that, I still think that there uh, is a good case mm. for focusing interest and attention and everything like that on books by yeah. having a bit of a competition. And Certainly the association with the festival has been promising, yeah. hasn't it? You know, it's been, been good. It's funny how, how, I don't know, just the, unfortunately the idea of competition sharpens people's responses. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> and of course if you have to yeah. win it's really nice. But, mm. uh, you know, only a fool would mm. think that they've actually won because their books are marvellous and the judges couldn't resist Swept it. Swept away. <laughs> yeah, because you know, the, if you've been a judge yourself, of a relative sort of process mm. it is. Mm. And you also know that, uh, I mean, if you look at the lists of the Carnegie books and things like that, there's books mm. that just aren't read anymore. Swallows and Amazon still is, the books by Philip Turner yeah. aren't. Yeah. 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 You know, and you can't, just can't tell. No, no. And they go on the record for, you know, if you, if you went to go on the record for having, having mm -hmm. done well, that's quite a different thing from having actually produced mm. Alaskan work of literature. Mm. And the same thing applies to the awards here. Now, there's a lot to take pleasure in, and at mm. the same time, there's a lot to mm. treat with scepticism and amuse scepticism. Mm -hmm. That's right, because it sometimes just depends yeah. on the year as well, doesn't yeah. it? I think, oh, you know, oh, I think it does a lot. Hugely, I think. Yeah. yeah. And you you and all of them could have won. And yeah. And yes, that's true, too. Mm. Because we've got a sufficiently, you know, we've got, mm. although our, the number of books we produced has increased to such a big extent, it's still not a, mm. no, an impossibly no. large. When you were starting in New Zealand, what was the publishing reaction like? The publishers, was that difficult? When I was starting... Well, you know, if you were publishing, when you started to publish in New Zealand, how soon did you go to overseas publishing? I didn't manage to get anything published in New Zealand. Yes, that's interesting that, isn't uh, it? Partly because I said my books were to... Uh, and reasonably, yeah. I said that in order to sell a book in New Zealand, it had to have a definite New Zealand mm -hmm. setting and theme, because that was the advantage they had over books coming from right. overseas. 
and the books that I wrote, uh, even when they did have some New Zealand influence, tended to be quite English in their, um, in their form. And I found it quite difficult because of the times I've grown up into writing New Zealand story for a number of years. Mm -hmm. Quite a lot, as, as you know, quite a lot of the first books that are written about a country like New Zealand are very self-conscious. Yes, yes. All yes, sorts of oddities. Yes. In fact, it was while I was in Piedmont, you know, on committee, mm -hmm. that I was having a conversation with someone who told me that it was, it was during the 1970s, I think. I was working at the public library at the time that they had had a book submitted to them that was a publisher. Told them they'd had a, a book submitted to them which was set in New Zealand but had snow at Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> well, they didn't publish it. No. But I thought it was fascinating to <laughs> think anyone could even submit such a book. <laughs> and uh, it was just such a... I mean, most of the books, if you read some of the early children, so it's something cross fairy tale. You've got a bit there where, you know, we're used to the Christmas with the holly berry yeah. and things like yeah, that. Yeah. But there is on the other side of the world a group of people with English hearts. <laughs> um, and this book was written to acknowledge the fact that that uh, there were people who lived in New Zealand. Children's books get yeah. up to that. Mentions of New Zealand get up to that. Right. But, uh, so was that, is that, how has that changed over the years since you've been involved? Oh, there's been a huge, huge difference. shift in the children's area. Huge shift, shift because people have, you start to get the people, you know, people become less self-conscious as they mm. read, as they read other people's books. Yeah. And become easier, easier going about their, I don't know, every time I wrote in, in the beginning, and tried to write a New Zealand story, mentions of trees and Cabbage faces trees and everything and like that all stood out like wounds. <laughs> I didn't feel at all easy with yeah. yeah. But uh, I wanted to write New Zealand stories, but I didn't like what I read. And the first ones that I sent to the New Zealand School Journal, they didn't choose the ones that had a New Zealand set, no. which I deliberately put in, thinking, you know, I'll show up on the right side. Uh, they chose the other ones that I wrote much more easily, and I'm sure they were right. But from a, during the 1970s and, and during that time, I wrote myself into it. Mm -hmm. Because after all, this is my country yeah. and I'm surrounded with things. Yes. You know. yeah. But I began by setting, interesting, I tend to set stories in cities. Yeah, which could be more yeah. anonymous yes. and more neutral. Yeah. And then with the tricksters and things like that, getting yeah. got into the countryside to my own satisfaction. Yeah. Yeah. Now that's interesting, isn't it? And it took me a while to do it, though. Mm. But it's, you know, not, not a great deal to do with pen. But, but it's still, pen. It, still has its, it still has its, its resonance. Yes, it does. Yeah. Because I mean, one of the interesting things is how much influence, or um, pen and publishing, really, mm. that, that has they've evolved in a way together, that the publishing industry itself has moved yeah, well, a lot, hasn't it? I think. Well, no, the gem, like the people, mm -hmm. I think. Mm -hmm. She said, Jim, that they'd retired from the publishing with an ultimate profit of about 15 pounds. <laughs> <laughs> but they did some very good books. Mm. Mm. And, uh, of course, 
Do you know, by the time you get into to Janet Frame and people like that, well, there's a huge difference. Well, I mean, different, yeah. the year that well, I've gotten sort of talking about it to school for the second of the year, I was born, there were five books, I think five or six books for children published in New Zealand. And the year I had my first books published, which was 1969, there were 20 published, of which five actually were by me, and they were published overseas and came oh, back right. to the country because what happened with me was the school journal was sent overseas to a printing exhibition in New York, and somebody picked it up and right. found the story alone in the meadow. I published oh, it. Oh, yes, never my kid's first one, yes. I would never have sent, sent it mm. to them. I was still trying Australia and New Zealand mm. and publishing it. Mm stories in the school journal and in the New South Wales school. So I had great good luck and from mm. then on I've been published overseas. Well how many would have been published last year, children's books, or you know, in the last year? It's been very, very hard to get the figures and I tried yeah. to get them all long ago. Ah. Um, for one thing, they don't include the, they tend not to include the educational publishing. I mean, oh. Joe Cowley's written a tremendous yeah. number of stories for schools that he used to teach reading. And some of them, like Mrs. Wishy Washy, are very lively in children's volumes. You know, they're mm -hmm. lively in the same way that Here in the Clare mm -hmm. is. Mm -hmm. Here in the Clare yeah. is a trade book, and Mrs. Wishy Washy is officially an educational. Oh, so they don't count them in the same, yeah. Well, I tend not to. So, and yeah. I work differently in a right interesting. Yeah. Uh, for example, if you've written a successful, if you contributed to a successful reading series, it's not subject to quite the same vicissitudes as a trade book. They tend to go on and on and on. Mm. Your royalties, mm. Mm. you know, it tends to be maintained. Us to get royalties for educational books, I wrote a long time ago. Yeah, that's what Joy said to me too. Yeah. Joy would yes. find the same thing, same, even yeah. more, because more, she yeah. actually, mm. she wrote a tremendous number. What did you think about things like the overseas Le Monton and the famous London flat? Episode. Oh well, look, the rights and wrongs of that were so it was so peculiar. It seemed such a waste of energy mm, to me mm. with a small group like us who were rather vulnerable and everything mm. like that to spend part of so much of our energy arguing about it. Now I have to go over the, the flat. There was a flat that was going to be available not at Longton. No, it in Bloomsbury. Bloomsbury, the famous Bloomsbury. And. Uh, we found out there was going to be a place up north near White Island. Yeah, that's right. I don't hear where Hama. Yes. And then um, somebody, oh, it was probably Carl Stead was involved. keen on yeah. the Bloomsbury. Yes, yes. I personally feel I should have stuck with he were hard mm. myself. Mm. <laughs> yeah. um, I can understand. I know Carl's got. I think that he was singing purely in. He saw it a bit too purely in terms of the sort of writer that he was, yes, and not yeah. in terms of the writing community yes. generally. That's yeah. my my opinion. Yeah. And um, the government offered to support it, and then they got so rancorous mm -hmm. that they finally backed out, didn't they? And sold it. Yeah. And nobody ever stayed nobody there. Nobody ever stayed there, yes. I think that it mm. was... I, I do think, first of all, making great generalisations, Individuals in the writing community can be worked on by all sorts of jealousy and resentment and things like that, which seems such a way, as I say, such a waste of energy mm. when you think of how dependent we are on sticking together. Yes. And 
Secondly, I think children's life is better. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm with you on that one. Yeah. The children's life in humanity is a very genial one. I was at the new, you know, the New Zealand Post Children's mm-hmm. Book Awards, and I think people were genuinely, mm. even if they're sorry not to win themselves, they were genuinely glad their friends were. Yeah. And I only heard one person. I only heard one person complain. I think. Now I think in the bigger community you probably find all sorts of bits and pieces of rivalry and abuse emerge just as it does in mm. in the well not only the arts of course but sport and yeah. all sorts of things you get bitchiness really mm. bitchiness and uh, but our our, our, our community well, I, I think it genuinely contains a lot of very good people mm. very nice people and very people who are standing up for the genre as well as for their own interests. Mm. You're listening to the NZSA Oral History Podcast. We'll be back to the podcast in a moment, but we wanted to take this opportunity to let you know about the new online Writer Toolkit. From getting a new project started to negotiating a contract, the Writer Toolkit will take you through a year's worth of learning about craft and industry. Taught by experienced writing professionals, the Writer Toolkit will contain pre-recorded online content with writing exercises or assignments which you can work through at your own pace. Visit authors.org.nz to learn more. During their interview in 2000, Alison Gray asked celebrated children's writer Margaret Mahi about the relationship between publishers and authors in New Zealand. Writers always complain about publishers. (laughs) They're always bitter about publishers and the fact that they're not treated well mm. and everything like that, aren't they? Mm-hmm. Um, so there was a bit of a tendency for the writers to uh, mm. sometimes to complain that they weren't getting the proper percentage and uh, very frequently they weren't getting promotion. That's mm. still, I think, a major And I think that this, uh, you know, mm. does happen. Um, I hear people still talk about that, but that was one... I don't know that we did anything. I can't remember that we did anything, anything about, much it. about it. Mm. But it was certainly discussed. Perhaps we did, you know. And last thing. year's the, the the first good publisher award thing, where they did a survey yeah. of people's views on publishers again. There was also the whole question of agents. I mean, there was only mm. about the one agent in those days. It was Ray Richards. Ray Richards, mm. yes, he was about the one agent. Really. Yeah. There possibly was. There was somebody else, some American who started something, but I never heard oh, of it. Yeah, yeah. But I don't, I mean, we have very few agents. And I have no idea how many, how many people, have, you know, how many agents there are in the country now, yeah. but my impression is it's quite a number. More, yeah. yeah. And some of our ones, I suspect. Yeah. yeah. But I'm really out of touch with things like that. Mm. Mm. And in those days, I think Ray worked quite hard on behalf of his mm. writers. I gather that later on, you know, when it became. Mm. Older and tired, mm. and um, mm. right in the of yeah, <laughs> that's not a uh, that's not a complaint against Ray. No, no, that's right. I think that's really... so. Mainly, yeah, so mainly started off small and has got bigger and more. Bigger I certainly think mm. that the mm. I certainly think that with Stephen and some of the others, mm. the well, and, you know, also to some extent in society of authors, but I mean even before then, it suddenly became something that. I was much more incisive, mm-hmm. uh, much more 
clear about political issues that I wanted to discuss. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that, you know, I myself was a sort of placeholder as much as anything right. else. Yeah. Because although I had opinions on a variety of subjects, I was never I was never particularly militant in a lot of things because I wasn't publishing in New Zealand. Uh, because children's books tend to be marginalised anyway. anyway yeah, uh, yeah. There are a lot of areas where yeah. I think I, you know, I just wasn't incisive enough. Um, but it wasn't, it wasn't just character flaws from that point of view yeah, in me. Yeah. It was partly to do with the rather soft nature of the group that we, mm-hmm. that we were, and uh, we'd get together and, and discuss things and make recommendations but nothing like as um, mm. as sharp as people who operated over the last few mm. years. Do you do that anything with the international pen? You know when it was pen? Mm-hmm. Sometimes New Zealand people buzzed off to I didn't. You didn't? No. no. Well I knew about it. Yeah. And, they uh, did amnesty things. Yeah people they? that's mm. right. Well of course we've got somebody. Norman Bilbra's doing Norman it. Norman Bilbra mm. uh, specialises He's doing in, that in that still. sort of thing mm. now and, and I forget who did it if anyone did it beforehand, but I think that somebody yeah. did take an interest. Yeah, so that's good. But I think that when I was, you know, working with Penn and everything like that, though we expressed concern, mm. and, and gave support, mm. it was support that didn't extend its particular. Yeah, I suspect the world's got a bit smaller or something since then. Yes, and I do mm. think there is a difference between the society of authors and the uh, and and pen, which tended to be uh, and Christchurch tended to be a group of people who got together to read and mm. talk about books, which is a very nice thing to do. But the society of authors, um, I think, does better work as such for. Mm. Local circumstances. And yeah, more professional local associations. Yes, I think it's more yeah. sort of thing, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Don't you think so? Yes, yes, I do, and I think they are quite clear about advocating. Yeah. I think that, that's been one of the evolution things I've noticed talking to people is from the people getting together to have literary discussions yeah. and so on into a gradually into a much more active yeah. um, kind of employment issues type yeah. thing. Yeah. And certainly less of the getting together and talking about writing. Well, there must be, um, there must be council meetings and things like right. that. You, yeah. you would have and the other issue, is, see, the interesting thing at the beginning was people got nominated and had to be seconded, you had to have published a book, yeah. and you know, it was a more exclusive yes, that's right. society, that's right. and that's got more open to Yes, well, of course, if you were a writer who had been published, you, I don't yeah. think you got in in, in yes. those days. days. And I think that... I think there's certainly a case, I remember, I seem to remember arguing about this, and that there is a case for people who are actively writing mm, mm. Um, and trying to get published. Mm, mm. Um, That's right. But the pen mm. idea was, again, it's, it's a little bit more to do with the status of being published mm, and the mm, idea of... Mm people getting together to enjoy a literary occasion mm-hmm. rather than people getting together to a struggle on behalf of the yeah, author. Yeah, absolutely. I think, yeah, I think you're right. It's one of the key changes. 
Mm. Some people regret the change mm. and others think it's a good thing. Mm. Oh, I think it's a good thing. Mm. 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 That's interesting that somebody should regret it. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's quite good to get together and have a read. Mm. Everything like that. I, uh, there's nothing mm. against that, but I do think that increasingly uh, people have to stand up and be seen. In those London's writers' festivals, I just had one in Christchurch, haven't they? And they've got one in Auckland. They've got the books and beyond coming along in Christchurch. Christchurch, or yeah. There has been. They're organised by lo- local groups of. I think there's a heck of a lot of book yeah. festivals. Yeah, in yes. fact, if anything, I tend to think there's rather too many yeah. in a way because I think, well, first of all, I think that the Wellington ones are very good when they have in the conjunction with yeah. Well, the one they have in oh, conjunction with the, the festival. festival. Yeah. I haven't been this year, I didn't mm. go last year. But I did think that mm. I would have gone, except that um, I was busy. Mm. And, you know, that's it. So it's clear that those things can happen without him, I guess is what I'm saying, isn't it? Oh, yes, yes. well, I can and do it. And, and, do it. and, and yeah. it's also the uh, International Reading Association is having its mm-hmm. conference in Auckland. Mm-hmm. Um, they can and do, mm. and they can be, they can be terrific. Mm. Mm. But on the other hand, uh, I think that I think it's quite good if, if pen is involved. But it takes a heck of a lot of time, That's right. and it takes a heck of a lot of energy. And um, you know, obviously, this is one way in which I don't feel too guilty about the fact that I don't do much now, mm. because I, you know, I pay myself and I. And you've done Sometimes your bit. Sometimes give donations. Yeah. Well, I still go on trying to do my mm. bit by mm. giving them some money, <laughs> bits of money. Yes. Yeah. yeah. It's not a huge amount. As far as it goes, it's probably, you know, mm. a surplus $100 or something like that. But it helps. It helps. Yeah, it helps. And I'm uh, mm. obviously always ready to give them a pin. Mm. Mm. And uh, I wonder what else there was. I don't know. I mean, like, apart from the... Was that the GST? Yes, it was. Mm. People tried to have the books free of GST, yes. didn't they? That knowledge should be free. Please don't tax books. Mm. So, but I think it was something similar to GST. Mm-hmm. But, uh, I've been a separate issue. Mm-hmm. It was, it was, I think you remember that. Yes. Mm-hmm. That's right. I've forgotten mm-hmm. that, actually. No. Yeah. I can't remember all the news about it. Things like that. Uh, libraries? The whole question of libraries really should mm. be talked about all mm. over again mm. because it was in the cargo when mm-hmm. I tried to, uh, mm-hmm. tried to um, you know, go, go on for subscriptions. It's yes. certainly been suggested here in Christchurch, though it's never, yeah. it's never yeah, been seriously pursued. And our library is certainly very well used here. Mm. Um, but it's a complicated situation because when I was, I was a librarian, uh, you know, we really thought that we'd arrived at something that was established further. Mm-hmm. And the idea that you have to go on fighting continually yeah. to maintain those states, and that for a variety of reasons. I guess they do get harder to maintain because of the cost of books. Mm. Because I do think there's a sweeping generalisation based on what other people have told me. 
Well, I do think the National Library has gone into decline. Yes. Yeah. 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 Certainly the school library's service is very different than mm. other than And, uh, of course, a lot of schools now do have quite good libraries of their own. They vary. I was at uh, Wheaton's on Friday. Mm -hmm. And uh, they just... I mean, they put in a tremendous amount of work in getting their library going. And I think they still do get some sort of support school libraries in this point. Compared to what used yeah. to be given, it's, yeah. it's reduced a great deal. Yeah. And New Zealand as a country where books are pretty expensive mm -hmm. compared yeah. to the yeah. states or something like that. So that's a lot of responsibility mm. for school. Mm. 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 And that's an area that Penn could advocate more and it's not all easy to say. Well, yeah. I think that mm. they probably should monitor the... Mm. I think that they have. Well, yeah, to some extent, yeah. I mean, after all, the um, public lending are based on holdings mm, and large right. and things like that. So right. there's self-interest involved, mm. apart from anything else. They don't count know? school libraries in it, though. No, no, I'm mm. sure they don't. Because mm. that's another issue, apparently, that's coming up now, that should they count school mm. libraries. It's interesting, yeah, it is. I don't think school libraries should be. No, the government would pay, wouldn't it, Alfred? Yes. But you'd get more. Yes. Some people's income would go up enormously. No, the schools wouldn't be able to pay that. I, don't, fair. I think the schools have got more help. More help, rather than less. Yeah. 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 And I think that um, yeah. the school library service should. I don't know, I'm, I'm out of touch, but mm. I'm told that they don't do the range of services they used no, to do. No, they don't. So there might be something there for Penn to consider yeah, at times. That's right. That's right. Uh, since it affects, mm. since it affects books, it affects reading. And it affects writers' incomes. And, and it affects writers' yeah. incomes. I mean, they, yeah. there's every now and then talk about cutting out the public lending. Mm. And of course, naturally, we're all opposed to that. You've been listening to Margaret Mahi in conversation with Alison Gray on the New Zealand Society of Authors Oral History podcast. Margaret died in 2012 and this recording remains as a Tanga for New Zealand. This was the last episode for this season, but you can hear past episodes with a range of New Zealand writers at the website authors.org.nz. To be sure you know when the next season drops, subscribe to the podcast on Google, Spotify, SoundCloud, Apple or wherever you listen. This podcast was produced by Elizabeth Kirkby MacLeod with audio support by Yana Tanahu Owen for the New Zealand Society of Authors. NZSA would like to thank the Southern Trust for funding this season and also UNESCO and the Otago Community Trust for the funding to record new oral histories with authors based in Otago. Noturno by Ottorino Respigi, which you are listening to now, is performed by Justin Bird. I'm Karen Hay, and this was a New Zealand Society of Authors oral history podcast. Kakite anō.